Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Car Selling Secrets by Walzer Automotive Group, episode, what did we decide on? It's a little nebulous. Uh, 113, I believe. 113. Yeah. It's been a, we've taken a month off, so this might not be as finely polished as our normal product. <laughs> Uh, in studio with me today is, as always, Andy Brampernard and Thomas B. And we will be right back after these exciting announcements. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant We are back, finally live in studio, Car Selling Secrets, number 113. We are guest-free today. We've got a few uh, stories to read and we'll trigger some startling conversations. As always, you're free to call in or text. Uh, the number is area code 561-228-4061. So go ahead and light them up because I, I watched Moon's uh, induction into the Minnesota Hall of Fame Oh, that's uh, speech. <laughs> He's <coughs> talked about, you know, I did 10,000 hours on the air, did this, blah, 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 blah. It lists all his accomplishments, and he said, all with four minutes of content. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you a, go. That's a total Moon thing to say. I just got a text from Moon, as a matter of fact. Did you really? To get together, yeah. Yeah, we've been, we've been threatening to. He's... Uh, I love him. He's you know, his immune guy. system is in such shape, tough shape that he's he has to be super careful. About yeah. We're going to try to get together fairly soon. I maybe head over to his house. He's, I think he's on booster shot number four. But oh, is he's, he? uh, you know, he's he's got some relatively, well, actually, I don't want to say relatively, some severe medical issues. And I'm not yeah. telling tales out of school because no, he, no, he's, no. he openly talks about it. Great guy. Yeah. Thank I, you for that, by the way. You introduced me to yeah. him. Yeah. And, well, it was because he was curious about you. I, I was doing live, or not live spots, pre-records with him and Stacy, and he kept asking about, what, so what's Tom really like? Is he as big He's a prick a as everyone tells me? asshole. Yeah. Really, is he? Doesn't I said, no, me. you guys will get along great. And I remember that's where this picture is from. Yep. The very first time you yeah, met it. Uh, what's that, your favorite restaurant in Bloomington? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the old Safitel. Layla. Uh, Layla. Layla, yep. Oh, that's at Layla? Yep. That's at Layla. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we met there on Saturday for lunch at 1 o'clock, and I think we left at 4. So you never met him all that time? Nope. That's interesting. Well, he's not from this market. But he'd been in it in a long he's time, been probably in a while, 15 yeah. years. So you think at some point they just, like, randomly, you know, attend the same 
convention. Yeah. I don't ever. DJ convention. That might be the reason why. Yeah, you don't go That's to that true. stuff. You and don't I don't do know any that of that. he does much of it. You don't do any appearances, really. And by the way, I will tell you one thing as a public figure. I'm not going many places anymore because now with this woke deal going on, yeah. I ain't going out in those oh, yeah. crowds. I mean, you, you're asking to get sued. That's yeah. the reason I don't leave my house. <clears throat> I understand completely. Don't want to get sued, you see. There's no, this Andy Bernard. I mean, honestly, God, you do something and it gets blown out of I, Literally, this whole situation with asking somebody to back the F up because they were too close to me with the yeah. COVID and all that stuff. I said, you're, I'm much better than you. You're horrible. I said, oh, my God, I'm, you'd be nothing without me. It's all bullshit. It never happened. So I just am not taking that chance anymore. Yeah, I, you do think I'm not you going have to be careful. Anymore. I'm not going around pricks anymore. Either. I'm not doing it. Well, like why you're am there. I here? <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is Doug's last show here on the podcast. Finally, any day now, you can't trust I anybody anymore. Released. Isn't that terrible? Well, I don't know. You can trust your friends and your family, hopefully, because yes, if you can't trust it. them, you, you are know. definitely screwed. We actually do have a car question, I think. Excellent. I don't know what it is, but he wants to know what you know about Rivian. Rivian, yes. Uh, are they cars? Well, no, they're trucks, and they just started, I think, delivering mm. them in the last month or so. Their stock went through the roof, and I, I'm working from memory, not from Google, and I think maybe a month ago their valuation was higher than General Motors. Wow. So their crown jewel is the Rivian truck. It's about the size of an F-150 or Silverado. It all looks electric. like they've got an F-150 and an Escalade, basically. Yeah, all electric. I think they're like eight or 900 horsepower with 600 miles worth of range, and they're about, I think they're just shy of $100,000. The R1T is starting at 67.5. Okay. But that's a range of 300 miles, so you're okay. probably thinking of an upgraded model. Yeah. The base model 67.5, which is still not cheap, but like you've said, there is no such thing as an affordable electric vehicle if you want, like... Well, they're, Luxury. they're starting to, Toyota's about to bring one to market pretty soon. It's really interesting because, and we'll be talking a lot about electrics. I've got quite a few stories here. You know, the early ones were all made to be small and fuel efficient, yep. not a lot of power. The very first one was actually a General Motors product from the early 90s. And then well, Ford, the very first one was from like the 20s. Well, that's it? right. But there that was a gap really, of 80 years really count, where they didn't yeah. really make them. Yep. Uh, Ford made an electric version of the Ranger that was a spectacular sail-proof vehicle in the mm. 90s. Sail-proof? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a technical. It's an insider term. <laughs> yes, it's it, not good. It doesn't sound too good to me. Sailproof. Yep, well, the real right. problem for me is that I live in Minnesota. Yeah. And you basically, I mean, you don't need need four wheel drive, but it sure does help. You need something that can handle, you know, a foot of snow, even if you're on a highway, because right. that can happen. A lot of these electric vehicles are just not really made for that kind of thing. But, and but some of them are, and it's changing. So they, they went are, from just really fuel-efficient ones, and now now the ones are like Rivian's and the electric Hummer, uh, which yeah. is a hundred grand. That's it's like on the other end of the scale. But mm-hmm. they're also the the Mustang E Pace or whatever they call it. I can't. No, that's a Jaguar name. It's the electric Mustang. You can get an all-wheel drive. Um, the Ford Lightning is going to be an all-wheel drive. Uh, the Mach-E? Mach-E, that's right. I know it was La Mach-E. Isn't that from Star Trek Voyager, the Mach-E? Yeah. And then the I'm Nissan sure that is. you were you told me about, which was really cool. I don't even my own effing product. Mm-hmm. What was that one? 
Oh, God, that's right. Um, it's not the Miria, and it's not the Mirage. That's uh, Mitsubishi, and the Mirage is a Toyota. The Aria? Aria, that's there right. There you go. Now, that's a mid-size, roguish size crossover, and I don't know that they've released pricing yet, but it'll be, I think it's around forty grand, if I remember. Yeah, which is not bad at all for an electric vehicle that has four-wheel drive. Well, and part of the... Uh, and this will get all political, and this is we've managed to get politics in the automobiles. I don't know how that happened, but one of the proposals in the next uh, federal spending package is rebates for electric cars up to, I think it's over $12,000, but there's Are a caveat in there. Cars under $12,000? No, no, no. The rebate would be twelve. dollars Oh, okay. Up to, well, uh, yeah. famous car saying. Uh, the caveat, and this legislation hasn't passed yet. I, I honestly think it's going to be kind of a tough sell. Uh, but it has to, though, to get the max rebate, it has to be produced in in America in a union shop. That is uh, and they'll tough still sell. offer rebates for non-union uh, vehicles, which Tesla is one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else doesn't have a union that makes well uh, Rivian. Another one, but there's some mainstream ones that don't that they manufacture or are going to manufacture electric vehicles in the U.S., but yeah. they're not necessarily with union labor. The union stuff is mostly Ohio and North for the most part. And then when the manufacturers tried to ditch that you know labor cost burden, they, that's when they started building plants in Kentucky, um, Tennessee, um, and now Alabama, South Carolina are big ones. So I'm all for buying. American, but the problem is if you don't offer something that's affordable and snowworthy, right. then I really have no choice but to not buy American. So that Nissan, I mean, if we're doing the math right, and you did get a twelve thousand dollar rebate from the government, it makes that a twenty eight thousand dollar car. Yeah, which is all of a sudden that's mm-hmm. like, hmm, it's it's really interesting. Hard so. to beat that, yeah. Yeah, the base Aria. Oh, it looks like they just came out with uh, some stats. Not even a month ago. Yeah, it looks like the base is about 47000 Okay. Which, uh, but the all-wheel drive model is 60000 which oh, is wow. still, yeah. That's a lot. It's a dual motor with huge range. What is, what is this again? The Nissan Aria. What's the Rivian? I never even heard of that. That's a new that's car a, company. It's a car that's, company, company yeah. They make a truck and an SUV. Well, not even an SUV. Really? Like a, yep. Where are like they located? Almost. I think they're from New Jersey, aren't they? Oh, they're an American company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, their valuation was was higher than General Motors. Yeah, I heard you say that a couple like, of weeks Jesus. ago. They are in Irvine, California. Okay, which is not New Jersey. They have a one hundred billion dollar market cap. That's a uh, hundred billion, despite dollars. having literally no revenue. So and I don't have know. None, they, I don't think they've. I think they're just delivering their first vehicles now. I don't think they've even started that quite yet. I think they're about to. We could but, look it up. I mean, if they haven't, they it's really close. But think about that, a $100 billion valuation for a company that hasn't done uh, anything. Let's see. Oh, yeah, they just started this month. Rivian did? Yep. Yeah. So, so are they good-looking good vehicles? I think they actually are. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is brilliant, and he's also crazy. If you look at the pickup truck that he's threatening to bring to market, talk about sail-proof. Oh, my God. It makes oh, yeah? a Pontiac Aztec look good. I didn't even know Tesla was making it. Yeah, take oh, a wow. look. Isn't it? It's oh, just... it's like a Spectre Challenger, that old 90s game. 
Yeah, so it's that's like, probably where he got the design. Not, honestly, yeah, he just probably smoked a little too much weed and went, "This will sell." That's a little, little uh, much. Elon, I, I don't think you're going to do that. <laughs> that killer model. Now I've been wrong before. I remember cyber truck. I was the used car manager at Wilkins Toyota back in the '90s, and we had gotten some promotional stuff from Toyota talking about this new crossover thing that was really based on a. Um, 1991 Toyota Camry all-wheel drive with a different body on it. And I'm like, who in the hell is going to buy something called a Rave 4? Rave? Oh, Rave, yeah, it looks oh. like Rave, yeah. Well, I didn't know how they pronounced it, and I realized why I'm still living in Minnesota and Dakota County, and Toyota's one of the largest <laughs> manufacturers on the planet. Because wow. all of a sudden, customers started coming in and going, hey, do you get any information on this rave thing? And then mm-hmm. I think the next year, it's interesting how manufacturers uh, develop stuff in parallel. I think the CRV came out within a year or two of the first RAV4s. Uh, incredibly popular, and they just you know, developed a complete market segment, which is now... It's that's the market leading segment is small crossover SUVs and, the, and nobody in my age in the '90s thought that anything would ever knock off the passenger car. Yeah. Oh God, no! I remember Charlie Swenson in an inventory meeting about eight or nine years ago going, "If you think that the Toyota Camry won't always be the number one seller, you should get out of the business because you're stupid." Well, Charlie, you were wrong. <laughs> well, but I get it. I was wrong too. I missed the whole rave four thing. We have Mike Bryant on the phone. Michael, what's up? How, how you doing? How is it good to get out of treatment? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I feel like yeah, Michael. A, although I feel like Michael Keaton and dopes it. treatment the whole time. You go ahead and talk, and I'll listen. <laughs> oh, a shot! <laughs> Cut him off. It's just a nasty rumor out there about you going to treatment. That's why you've been gone. Yeah, so, I was in treatment with uh, with Michael <laughs> Keaton from Dope Sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Have you guys so, been watching now, that? I don't want to interrupt you guys. Okay, go ahead. But how was Israel? It was uh, it was a trip of a lifetime. Uh, the travel was a little different, difficult because of the COVID documentation and testing needed. I was missing one little, uh, basically a QR code from the Israeli government, so I was delayed in Chicago by a day while I had to send for it. I must say that... Um, uh, United Airlines was spectacular. There were 20 of us that had the same problem at the gate at 11 o'clock at night. They put us all up in hotels. Really? And they paid for a PCR tests, which are in Chicago is 180 bucks. Ooh. And they just ate it. They said, we know this isn't our fault. It isn't yours. It's just we're doing the best we can. I was really, really impressed. And I'm not a mileage club member with the United. I'm actually not a mileage club member with anybody. But our timing, Mike, was perfect because they had just opened the country to tourism, and coincidentally, they just closed it again a week ago. But we went on a five-hour walking tour of Jerusalem. One of the big investors in our company, Fuse Autotech, is a a Jerusalem native, super wealthy guy. He's on the board of directors for the Tower of David, which is under uh, reconstruction. You know, that's 3,000 years old. they got to fix it every once in a while. So he gave us a private tour of that, and it's if you've never oh, wow. been to Jerusalem, it's on top of a hill in the old city where everything happened is sort of right below you, All that and then stuff coming happened. up the other valley is Mount Olivet. So 
And then we got handed off to a guide uh, who gave, who took us everywhere. And he goes, you guys are incredibly lucky. Normally the wait to even get to the whaling wall is an hour and a half long. Oh. But we just kind of cruised through the whole thing. We saw whatever we wanted. If you get a chance to go, definitely go. Uh, I would plan on spending a few days in Jerusalem. There's just so much to see. We sort of dusted over it, even though it was a, the guy knew his history and interesting. He was a kind of a contemporary Orthodox Jewish guy, so he had the secret Orthodox underwear on, but he didn't have the... The Orthodox uh, underwear. Well, there's certain undergarments they wear. Alan explained it to me, of course, Mr. Encyclopedia. Well, it's like the, the people out in Utah out there. They got the secret the Mormons? underwear. The yeah. Mormons got their underwear, too. What's the deal with the underwear? What's that all? people in Utah. Whatever the hell they are, I don't Those know. Those people from Utah. So you, you guys remember my friend Tom Ryan. Sure. Uh, great storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's also... Just the sar- most sarcastic person in the world. He's on the tour because he's our—he's the vice president of sales for Fuse Auto Tech, and we're, you know, it's like eight of us, I guess, and we're walking down this tiny little street, and the, the guide says, okay, now we're entering the Jew— because Jer- Jerusalem's divided up into the Christian section, the uh, Muslim section, the Jewish section, and the Ananites, I think. And anyway, the guide says, now we're entering the Jewish section. And this voice from the crowd goes, hang on to your wallets. Oh, my God. Tom, you're terrible. Even in Israel? No, no. That was Tom. He was just messing around. Tom was doing it. Even the guide cracked up. It was pretty funny. Oh, God. So it was was spectacular. Um, uh, Two things about Israel, and then we'll move on. Worst drivers on the planet. I think everybody that has a license washed out of Israeli fighter pilot school. Uh-huh. Um, so the lane <laughs> dividers be. are just a suggestion. But if, they, if they're in the left lane and they want to get in the center lane, the method is to speed up, make a 90-degree turn in front of the vehicle behind you, oh, and then God. slam on the brakes. No. Nice. The other thing, which is cool, is hands down the best vegetables I've ever had in my life in terms of taste and freshness. I mean, every meal, it's like, where, how do you guys do this? And it's like, well, it's, you know, the climate and the soil and the tomatoes are fabulous. And after you eat, you know, mass-produced uh, U.S. ones, it's it was shockingly different. So really cool trip. Wow. Glad cool. I went. I was exhausted when I got back. But it was uh, thanks for asking because it really was special. And I've got to take Sarah there. You know, she's more uh, obviously religious than I am. Most people are, but... Um, you know, she's texting me, so are you on, uh, mm-hmm. yes, we're doing the Stations of the Cross. And yeah, I know what it is, but to see approximately where this actually happened, it's it's hard not to be moved. It really is. My dad talked to the Stations oh, yeah. of the Cross at St. Joe's. So that did was he? good. Oh, okay. yeah, they talked back, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, they did. They talked back. Well, I, I just wanted to say welcome back, and then, uh, yeah, I just wanted to hear how it was. So, Okay. Okay, well, welcome back there, Doug. I, I all right, man. Thank you. I have you. one question for you, Michael. Before you go, if it's all right. Sure. Okay, as an attorney, I want to ask you this: um, If you had a couple of friends that are on Messenger and they're have, cutting each other's throats uh, with these messages and you know posting, what should I do about that? Because I'd like to see my friends get <laughs> along better than they do. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, every once in a while, one of your friends decides to mix things up and respond. So you know. So it's not all one-sided. That's and so not what he's You're not talking about me, are you? No. Oh, okay. No, no. no it's it's a texting you. chain that some of his friends are in that every once in a while gets a little, oh my it's a little, it's God. A little back and forth-ish. 
Yeah, just a little back and forth. It's, yeah, well, fuck you. Yeah, that's real back and forth. <laughs> All right, behave. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. You got to maybe explain that story to the. I can't say what. Okay. But there's a there's a message chain or right. whatever the hell they're called. I don't even know. But all all the people on it are my friends, and I'm actually on it, but I never post anything. Yeah. Very rarely I post something, but. Honestly, God, those guys go at each other sometimes. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, oh, my God, settle down. Well, hey, at least they're not being passive-aggressive. It's, it's a start. Now, it might, one of them might be an attorney that you talked to recently. Great speller. And he, Great speller. Oh, my God, he's the worst speller ever. <laughs> I know before. he is, really. And, Mike, we love you, but you can't spell for sure. Oh, there's no doubt about that. He's a terrible speller. And the other one might have, let's see, how would I describe him? He uh, once was a TV anchor, and he might have been on, uh, like, he might have been a sports guy when he was at Channel 11, maybe. Ah. He and Pass went after each other. It was whole. I mean, he was like, maybe I better go over there. Pass is, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because while he was a public figure, I, I and oh, we never, never talked talk. politics. You oh, really no. didn't know where he was. No, no, no. He was like but Mr. I've, I've been on a couple of chats with him. It's like, whoa, dude, you're. You might want to stock up on some tinfoil and make hats. Well, that's You're what Don Shelby to, to did. Point where as soon it. as he got off the air onto this show, all he could do was swear. I know. Because it was he was like bottled up to. so much of it after <laughs> all, all, all those years of not being able to do anything but be, you know, that's friendly, smiley true. TV guy. The very first time I, I was on the podcast with him, I, I we were sitting right across the table from him in the old, old studio, the, the small one, you know, which is about a third of the size of this one. Mm. And he started talking to me, and I'm looking at him. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not watching TV. I'm supposed to say something back. It was the weirdest feeling yeah. just having him right there, having never met him before. Well, I think I met him at a fundraiser, but that was just briefly in passing. But uh, Ooh, Shebby? Yeah. I wonder how Shebby's doing. I haven't talked to Don. I probably had to give him a call. I haven't talked to him since he left the show. Well, he, you know he had a stroke. Well, yeah, he had all sorts of problems didn't he yeah, he did yeah and i was checking in on him i never did call him i just texted him back and forth because i didn't want to bother him yeah but he uh that guy he's my hero man he i cannot tell you when the when the kq morning show took off as the biggest morning show in america everybody goes it's the biggest morning show in minnesota and it was the biggest morning show in america for a long time and don shelby when i couldn't handle some of the pressure of it you know because i'd never been through that right. before I would go over with him and have a cigar on the roof of Channel 4, and we would talk for hours. He was my hero, Did you man. get to say anything? No, I never <laughs> talked, but, you know, that was a whole different deal. But as soon as Don's up to it, I'd love to have him. You should have him on Cars. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, wait, you know what? Cars anyway. We did talk to him on the 2000th episode, right? He was on the 2000th That's episode. That's right. He yeah, was on so that. was, what, four months ago? Uh, August. When was our 2000th episode? Let's see August here. 16th, I think you said. Uh, it wasn't in August. It was before that. I thought it would fall. Oh, the 2000th like episode. June it was in... Something. It was the last episode of May. Okay. So what? basically August 16th is the is the anniversary of the yes, show? I think so. And it's been, what, now nine years? Uh, Yeah. I think it's nine years. Going on ten years. Going on a decade next year. Dounding. I know. That is pretty Nine amazing. years. <laughs> we better take a break. Uh, we'll be back. We haven't read any stories. We did wind up talking about cars, which we is good. We talked about so. the Rivia yeah. and the other Rivian stuff. Rivian and capitalization yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Got a whole lot of other stuff to cover. We'll be right back after these exciting announcements.
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. It's Tom for Profile. The great resignation is real, folks. People are changing jobs faster than they change lanes on a highway, and you know how that's going. Experts say they're leaving because their current jobs are not fulfilling their true mission. If this sounds familiar and you have a passion for helping others, the good folks at Profile want to meet you. I'm serious. I can speak from my experience. My Profile coach, Haley, was the difference in my weight loss journey. Profile's a great place to work, I'm telling you. Again, they offer competitive compensation, Benefits, a 401k match, flexible work schedules, and a sign-on bonus. Not a health coach already? Well, don't worry about that. Profile pays for your training and health coach certification. So what are you waiting for? Visit ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities for a location near you. That's ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities or find them on Indeed under Profile by Sanford. Profile, transforming lives one relationship at a time. my impression of being on a message chain. F you, Doug. There you go. <laughs> well. Well, it goes, well. That's the way it is in America. It is. Everybody gets on social media and acts like an a-hole. That's the way it is everywhere. My All right, favorite I've got ch- a couple of stories to read. I'm going to read one, and you can read the other one. I'm All sorry. right, I will read the other one. This just in Detroit. Ford Motor Company on Wednesday, which was yesterday, stopped taking reservations for the upcoming F-150 Lightning electrical pickup as it prepares to open its order financial institution for the truck subsequent month. Boy, is this poorly written. Subsequent, yes. Subsequent, the truck subsequent month. It doesn't even make sense in Armenian. Yeah, what does that mean? No idea. Ford CEO Jim Farley instructed Automotive News final month that reservations for the pickup had been approaching 200. They've got 200,000 reservations for this thing already, and they're just starting to build them. That's unbelievable to me. The spokeswoman confirmed that the top of the lightning reservation system after a Ford buyer who realized the information. I can't even read this. The headline was fine. This isn't, this is... Do you want me to read that one if you can't read it? It's doable that not all reservation holders will obtain a 2022 mannequin year automobile. Mannequin Was year? this translated from the original <laughs> Sanskrit? Kind of sounds what like the hell is a mannequin reel? We're not going to. Let's skip right to this one. Okay. Here, maybe this one's a little bit better written. There is one line on the second page. It ends right here. It it's, ends uh, right it, on it top. It quotes somebody that you know quite well. 
As the auto industry continues to grapple with supply chains, disruptions, and the resulting shortage of new vehicles, National Automobile Dealers Association Chairman Paul Walzer, I've never liked him. <laughs> I told him on Messenger, you're a pain in the ass. And anyway, uh, National Automobile Dealers Association Chairman Paul Walzer foresees a silver lining for dealerships, the end of the much-hated stair-step incentive. Stair-step programs, which promise cash bonuses to incentivize dealerships to hit aggressive monthly, quarterly, or annual sales targets, have been labeled as brand destroyers by critics and have uh, been problematic for dealers to manage. Once used extensively by certain automakers, they practically disappeared as vehicle supplies on the lots have dwindled, and they could be gone for good, Paul Walzer said. Here's a wonderful benefit that I'm thinking has a reasonable chance of staying. Walzer, a partner in the Walzer Automotive Group in Edina, Minnesota, told Automotive News in an interview this week. NADA, is it NADA or is it just NADA? is what they say. National Auto Dealers Association. NADA and dealers across this country have been barking about the uh, challenges of stair-step incentives for years. The worst consequence of the bonus scheme, he said, is a loss of credibility with customers. With stair-steps, two customers buying the same model two weeks apart can pay vastly different prices when a dealership drastically discounts one of the vehicles to hit a stair-step volume target a month. That's very smart. It is. So Paul's been railing against manufacturers that do that for years. In fact, he got so (laughs) mad at General Motors about 10 or 11 years years ago he took a full page ad out in automotive news really? and just blasted them i'm like wow that's a nice move boss so let let me explain what they are and i think it'll make sense um so i don't know i think the two biggest players in the stair step program world were chrysler our chrysler and nissan and the way it would work was this is at the start of the month if you're dan resh running burnsville nissan you'd get an email from your rep that said Okay, your stair step number is 100, and if you sell 100 cars, we'll give you $750 per car. Okay, that's pretty good incentive, right? Because that you know I, the market's different now, but in a uh, Nissan store before pre-COVID, your average gross profit on a new vehicle is eight, nine, maybe a thousand dollars. It's that's what you make on new cars in the Nissan world. So giving you an extra seven hundred and fifty dollars is a big deal. The problem is every Nissan dealer in town has a stair step objective. They're all different. There's really right. no rhyme or reason to them, so you always think you're getting screwed. Uh, and the problem is if you sell ninety nine, guess what you get? Zero. Why? Because you haven't hit your goal. So it's the ultimate stick and carrot. Right. Ooh, yeah. It's not, it's an off and on switch. <clears throat> Man. So the the game for the dealers is you want to try to retain that money because it's it's gross profit if you can keep it. But as the month grinds on, you put yourself in a position because you've dropped your prices so much selling your new vehicles that if you don't hit that, your new car department is not profitable for the month. Man. So the last 10 days of the month, and here's where the customer experience gets really bad. Yes, the car that you would technically, you would, you would likely pay less for the car at the end of the month in the beginning, but they will hound you to death. You think that people calling you about your car's extended warranty are bad? Walk into a Chrysler, any, I don't want to pick on just Chrysler and Nissan because Ford's done it in the past, as has General Motors. Uh, walk in there early in the month, don't buy a car, and you'll, you'll have to get a burner phone the last seven days of the really? month. It's terrible customer experience, uh, and it's really t- tough on the dealer. So Paul's been against that. He's been speaking out against it for 15 years, and it's, 
Maybe he's right. Maybe uh, you know a lot of incentives are going away because there's just not enough inventory, and maybe maybe right. that'll die a death. Who, so that would be good for the dealers and the customers. Who came up with that idea? I I don't know. I I have a feeling it might have been a Chrysler thing. You know, Lee Iacocca was a marketing genius and came up with a lot of stuff that really stuck in the car business. The very first rebates on cars. And we've talked about this before. In the early 70s, Joe Gragiola pitching $50 rebates on Velars. And it worked. People went, I've got $50. This is the best thing in the world. Well, you know, so now then it's 1,000, then 2, and 5, and 10, and 15. So I don't know if it was Iacocca, but I I suspect it started in the Chrysler world, and he probably had some fingerprints on the murder weapon. Andy, you know about his name, don't you? Yes, I do. Iacocca, mm-hmm. I am chairman. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Obviously, you know that one. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I am chairman of Chrysler Corporation, Chrysler Corporation of, America. of America. Iacocca. And Bernard, it was. So, how high badass. do you think the guy was that thought of that as a as a well, <laughs> There is that. Hey, whoa! Do you guys know? What do you guys know <laughs> that we have? Now, that's very, very true. It's the same guy that realized you could watch. What is it, Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz. With the Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the the Rainbow, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what happens when you play the album? I I don't remember. Do you know, Andy? I have watched it, and I did not see anything at all. So that's because you're not a drug abuser. I think it could be a lot in your head, yes. Well, it's like they they have a list of things that supposedly sync up, and some of them are so dumb. It's like Pink Floyd says, don't sit down, and... Alice stands up, yeah. which is like I guess you could say that's kind of synced up I, in a way, but it seems more like a coincidence to me because it's not like they said stand up. They said don't sit down, which is kind of like, you know, standing up isn't uh-oh. bowling. Yeah, they're uh, rebuilding the entire building around us, basically. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we had uh, Kelly Conway on in the first hour who wrote a book about her dad, Tim Conway, yep. and I wonder if the the construction workers here at the uh, office building. It reminds me of the. Remember Tim Conway's skits about the world's oldest fireman. Oh God, yes, he was. <laughs> These guys brilliant. are like the world's slowest construction team. Oh, you've been working on it for a year. Yeah, I'm literally uh, this building walking down the hallway now. I'd be surprised if this building wasn't more than half empty. Oh yeah. God, yeah. I mean, people have moved it's out It's better than everywhere. it was a couple months ago, I think. Oh, really? I see more people. But, yeah, for a while there, it was literally, I could go a week coming into this building, doing the show, and leaving without seeing a single person. You know, it's so weird about that is you you would think, was that COVID? Was it, I mean, what caused? I, well, I think a lot of it is because they were letting their employees work from home. Yeah. And yeah. people just like doing that more. It, yeah. Oh, God, Melissa's mom worked from home for like a year. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, you've been doing your job from home just fine for a year, but uh, we have to bring you in now. So now she has to drive an hour each way. Really? It's like if she was doing her job fine for a year, why all of a sudden do you need to have these people come in? It makes no sense. Yeah, that's the only part about working from home I like is I don't miss the commute. No driving, yep. Going across the Cedar Avenue Bridge at quarter to seven in the morning in February, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's never fun. Well, as it turns out, I should have probably kept my studio at home, too. But it's, we would have still have this as the podcast yeah. studio anyway, so it doesn't matter. So well, I you're close the, enough. It's not that bad. Well, it's only 10 minutes, yeah. but it, the noise part is. And by the way, the guys, uh, 
on this side. That it's downstairs now that's making all the noise. Uh-huh. The guys behind us aren't making all the noise. They they literally are listeners and they listen to the show and wait for commercial breaks. Well, it looks like they're getting ready to make noise because they notice what it will be wainscoting all over the hallway. Yeah, this yeah. Way. So yeah. Once mm-hmm. they start drilling that into place. Yeah, it's pretty. I think they're just doing that to to prevent uh, damaging the wall. Oh, maybe they're that's moving it. so much stuff that oh, they're trying not to damage that. the wall. It's yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Oh, well, that's like what Mark put, told me. When they put blankets in this uh, elevators and stuff like that. Yep. This is so great. When I, w- I went over there, I met Mark and, and Nick. Those are the two guys that have been there for a while now. I went over and Mark, and he knows Brian's up. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd met him anyway. I don't know if he knows him, but he's met him. But then Nick, the other guy, goes, would you do me a favor and ask Tony Lee a question? And I said, sure. What do you want me to ask me? I said, do you think he'll ever be able to do talk with talk again? <laughs> no, <laughs> said, not in this lifetime. Nope, I don't think he's going to be able to do, which is unfortunate. I know, it's a great bit. But Tim Conway did accents. Yeah, but not in 2020 he didn't. Yeah, but I mean, why can't you do accents for crazy? Yeah, so I know. You can talk to Minnesota accent, you know, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, you can you do know. Irish accents, you can do Italian accents, it's none of that, it's no one cares. A, it's all skin color now, isn't yes, it? Everything's it is. about skin color. It's like, yes, I don't give a rat's ass what your skin color is. Jesus. Talked to a listener this morning, I'm considering getting some work done on the boat next spring. It's 20. How old is the thing? 23 years old, and the carpeting's all shot. Oh, yeah. And some people I know, they rip that out, and then they put in, you know, mm-hmm. pre-manufactured wood floors, and it oh, looks sure. really nice. And It'd be very slippery, you'd think. Well, but you can put rug. I mean, there's things you can do to ameliorate that, but anyway. Ameliorate. Ooh, big Oh, shot. sorry. Oh. We McAllister people have to throw those eight-cylinder words in every once in a while and then just mess up the one-syllable ones right after. Um so I posted on a boat group on Facebook. This guy says, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. Here's my information. Give me a call. And so I called him in the car on the way here, and he goes, I was just listening to you on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry. You can apply and get money from the state. Yeah, there <laughs> so you go. PTSD yeah, is a real thing, you know. So I have an interesting uh, electric car story to read. It's a little bit long. Hopefully it's better written. You know, one of the... <sighs> The two things, the three things that seem to be circulating a, a, around the anti-electric vehicle crowd is range anxiety, which is understandable, uh, overloading the power grid, and then they're concerned about lithium mining and all that sort of stuff. Which the is, lithium you know, mining is a real yeah. concern. So this is uh, this is interesting. Uh, with the global electric, oh God, I can't read. Electrification drive in full swing. Electric. Here, why don't you read it? I'm reading it. Yeah. Okay. And it is eight pages long. It's three pages, but it's, you know, big words. <clears throat> no problem. And now, Large this is print. the reason why Tom makes a lot of money reading stuff on the radio, and Doug does a podcast for free. Take it away, Tom. With the... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, there was a guy in my class in, the, in 10th grade. Globble, globly, glob. I thought you were going to say at Brown Institute. Well, that too. With the global electrification drive uh, in full swing, electric cars have constantly been improving in terms of mileage, performance, charging time, and costs. And Wright's Law has so far proven to be right. According to Wright's Law, also known as the learning curve effect, lithium-ion, and they just call it Li-ion, or is it Li-ion? Li-ion. Li-ion. I just say lithium-ion. Yeah. 
Uh, battery cell costs uh, fall by 28% for every cumulative doubling of units produced. The battery pack is the most expensive part of an electric vehicle, and the sticker prices of EVs have been falling with declining battery costs. By 2023, the cost of the Lion batteries is expected to fall to around $100 uh, per kilowatt hour, low enough uh, for EVs to achieve price parity with their gas-powered brethren. Well, that's good news. Still, Lion batteries come with a suite of clear disadvantages. Capacity and ability to deliver peak charge deteriorates over time. They bleed a lot of heat and require weighty cooling systems to be integrated in their design. And the batteries can explode or catch fire if damaged in an accident thanks Mm -hmm. to the flammable liquid they contain. That's That's a downside. (laughs) I would say so, yes. Over the past few years, EV makers have been uh, touting solid-state batteries as the next breakthrough in EV technology, often quoting insane performance and range. Solid-state batteries use a solid electrolyte that can uh, take the form of ceramics, glass, sulfites, or solid polymers, as opposed to the liquid or polymer gel one uh, found in conventional lithium-ion batteries or ion batteries. Solid-state batteries promise some two to ten times the energy density of lithium-ion batteries of the same size, thanks mainly to the solid electrolyte having a smaller footprint. That means more powerful batteries without extra space or more compact batteries uh, without battery packs anyway, without compromising on power, longer range electric cars and lighter EVs. They're also expected to charge faster. In fact, solid state batteries are often viewed as the holy grail of sorts in the battery industry, so that's good. And now the solid state arena just got a lot more competitive after the entry of the world's biggest automobile manufacturer, Toyota Motor Corp., with a major investment. Here are five companies in the race to developing the next-gen crop of solid-state batteries. Number one would be Toyota. For years, Toyota has had an eye on the solid-state sector and even holds the highest number of SSB patents. However, the world's largest automaker has just raised the stakes after announcing its intention to invest over $13.5 billion by 2030 to develop next-generation batteries, including solid-state batteries. So I wasn't going to read or print off all five companies, but that's a $13 billion investment in this technology. $13.5 billion. Well, if electric vehicles are going to become the thing that everyone drives, including people who don't have $80,000 to blow on a new car, it's going to be after the invention of solid-state batteries. Because the battery, it is... That is what is making the cars way too expensive, way too heavy. Yeah, the range, yeah. Basically, all of the problems with electric cars are due to current battery technology. Yeah, And, I mean, we can put a lot of energy into lithium-ion batteries, but cars require so much energy just because they're so heavy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, the government is saying... Uh, or, or certain the the California carb states are saying no more uh, IC or internal combustion cars sold after 2035. Some people think that means that it'll be they'll be illegal. It just means they won't build any new ones. It will take have, yeah. 15 to 20 years for if they hit those that 2035 target for internal combustion cars for the most part to disappear they'll still be collectors and right. some odd ones right. but it's not it's not that uh, ic cars are going to become illegal in 10 years it just means that they they won't build them anymore and again this is uh, people are painting this as a political issue but ford and volkswagen and toyota and all these big big companies started on this path 
six or seven years ago. This is, this really predates the current administration, administration and somewhat predates the Trump administration. So if they're right, that's the way the world's going to be. Um, but it's in, I thought that solid-state development was kind of cool because mm -hmm. it seemed, and I'm not a technical person, but it seemed like we'd push the lithium-ion battery Absolutely, capabilities. Yeah. We're probably at 90% of what we can get out of them. Well, actually, uh, Emil was just talking in the chat about, who was it, GM, I think, is mm -hmm. using some proprietary nickel-cobalt-manganese-aluminum batteries. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, these EV companies are starting to make their own uh, battery chemistries yeah. instead of lithium-ion. Because really, the main problem with lithium-ion is in a car, aside from all the issues we just mentioned, was if you puncture the membrane just right, you're basically getting a bomb going yeah. off in your car. Oh, God. Oh, it's just like, you know, we used to have the Pinto. That was the same It would be thing. ten times yeah, worse the than the Pinto. I don't know. If you burn to death from gasoline or a lithium fire, I think it... Well, I suppose in terms of, yeah, why how much you, suffering... Which one's but, better? Well, but if a lithium-ion battery blows up just right, it can be literally like an IED in the trunk of your okay. car. Wow. Whereas the Pinto, if your gas uh, tank leaks and catches on fire, it's just going to burn that car up. The lithium-ion battery, it could blow up anything standing near it, which is why really? they're kind of shying away from the lithium-ion battery. Because, well, if you think about it, the law of thermodynamics basically says that energy, you know, energy is energy, whether it's electrical right. or not. And if you convert all of that electrical energy, because, I mean, consider... The amount of energy in that battery can make a what two three thousand pound vehicle oh, move for three hundred miles. Six seven thousand pounds. That's so a, it is a lot of energy. Imagine there. releasing all of that energy in the course of five seconds. Yeah. You know, that's about what kind of explosion you would get. It's not good. They have systems to protect against it, yeah, of course. That's right. But it's like the Pinto. If you hit it just right, then very, very bad yeah, things Yeah, the Pinto happen. problem was the design of the placement of the gas tank yeah. in regards to the differential. So in a oh, rear-end yeah. collision, the yep. gas tank would compress against the differential, and then, mm -hmm. you know, you can't. Gas does not like being compressed for very long. Yeah, no, no, and liquid doesn't at all. No. <laughs> We have Tire Carver on the phone. All right. We got all the car guys listening today. We do. Today. We sure do. What's up, man? Hi ho, hi ho. Um, the life lithium uh, ion batteries that uh, you guys have been talking about. Been playing with them with RC cars for a couple of years, and it's only two cells. Normal cell package for uh, you know hybrid car, like anywhere from sixty to ninety cells, depending on how they voltage yep. the battery out. I've had lithium polymer and lithium ion batteries explode in an RC car. There's nothing left of it. Yep. It just disintegrates a carbon fiber chassis. Mm -hmm. It's and scary it's like, how much energy is packed near. into those things. Yeah. I mean, when you're charging them, they give you, you know, the tracks mandate you have ballistic bags to charge them in. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So if mm -hmm. they blow up while you're charging them, you're not going to hurt people around it. And, and is that normally no, when they, if them. they're going to fail? Uh, is that normally when it happens? Is during the charging process? It can, but it's normally after collision. The two I've had blow up has been after the race, and they're not gentle races. Yeah. they've been you know crash filled, and you're taking a car doing you know 25, 30 miles an hour. 
and stuffing it into a wall. Mm-hmm. So zero, you know, that quick of a stop on something that weighs three and a half pounds, yeah, it's not the same as car, but the batteries do not like it. No. <laughs> that sounds like a fun thing to do. Where do you race them at? Uh, I've raced all over the country, but the closest track that I played at is down in Rochester, a place called Tease Hobbies. There you have it. I don't mean to scare people away from buying electric cars. No, but you should know. But, yeah, you should know the risks uh, and know that it is going to get better and know that there are ones out there that use different battery technologies. You know, not every electric vehicle has a lithium-ion battery, and even the ones that do, some of them have. They've all been crash-tested, so just look up those Mm crash-test ratings because every one of those vehicles has been rear-ended hundreds of times during testing. Yeah, there, yeah. there is a recall right now in the Chevy Bolt, which mm-hmm. is an all-electric car, right. and they're telling people to park them outside because they've had, I Yikes. think, maybe 15 fires with them. So Jesus. it is, I mean, it's it can you can't happen. say that it's not It's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's why I think the solid-state story is interesting. And, and, and Solid-state batteries would absolutely revolutionize the entire car industry. Yeah. But they're still... They're, I don't know. I don't even know if they could do it in the next 10 years. We're nowhere near. We'll find out. But it could happen. There's breakthroughs all the time. You'll hear it here last. You'll hear it here last, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for calling in. That's going to wrap up this episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We'll try to drag some politicians in here in the next couple of weeks and get a fist fight going over the Minnesota budget surplus. This should be fun. Over and out. See you next week.